You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you today? Healthy and alive. Yeah. Yourself? You know, I've, I'm all right. I, I really don't have any complaints today. I'm, I'm actually glad that it's a slow news day, to be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm actually glad. It's nice to have a just a small little smidgen of just a reprieve, right? It's it's almost like you're treading water every day, and some days it's like, oh, hey, look, a piece of driftwood I can hang on to. <laughs> so it's it's kind of nice to just take a break from the uh, the craziness that is the news cycle every day. And and I'm going to be the uh, negative Nancy and and point out that. When there's nothing in the news, that means there's something they're hiding. <laughs> there's something they're hiding or they're cooking up something currently as we uh-huh. speak. Uh, yeah. Behind the scenes, we have a pretty good indication of things that they're just they're hiding for sure. Uh, and in other cases, the same organizations that are hiding something are also cooking things up out in the open. We asked yesterday about or we were talking yesterday privately about what were they doing on the ground in Afghanistan that they don't want people to know about certain organizations operating in there who remain nameless. Let's just say that they are a three-letter agency in the United States. There's enough of them. Just pick whichever one you want. What were they doing on the ground in Afghanistan that they don't want people to see? That's a good question. What are they doing in other countries right now that they do want people to see? Again, that's a good question. I don't know. I wish I had answers for that. I have a pretty good indication as to why they might, but I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories or anything like that. Uh, But instead, I want to lead today with what we talked about yesterday uh, or two days ago. I'm sorry, two days ago, the flights. We've learned a little bit more information. You especially have learned a little bit more information about what's going on with these flights. U.S. Secretary of State Tony Blinken is saying that the Taliban... (laughs) are holding up flights. That's not true, is it? No, that's not true in the slightest. Um, In fact, um, the flights... So uh, I'll I'll disclose which organization I was watching, um, uh, specifically the charity fund that was getting people out of there. Um, Now that it's come to light and there's been people that have reported on it due to FOIA requests and those kind of things. Um, It was the Nazarene Fund is the one I was watching, which is... uh, Glenn Beck's operation or Mercury One or whatever you want to call it. They had four four flights on the tarmac with the passengers. All passengers had had um, their paperwork checked. They were all cleared, verified by the State Department. Everything was good to go. They were ready to take off. And uh, then the State Department was like, wait, these flights are listed as commercial flights. This isn't right. What? Let's see your manifests. And then they went and looked through the manifests and they were like, wait, this isn't right. This is, these, these can't be your manifest. And the Nazarene fund was like, you idiots, this it's us. Stop. We, we got the clearance. We're trying just, it, we're, it's us. And the state department was like, no, something's not right here. We're going to have to have all of you, uh, all of your passengers on the plane. You need to disembark. We need to uh, go over all of your paperwork again. And they did. And then the Taliban was like, 
wait, wait what, what's this? What's what's going on here? And the State Department was like, oh, uh, the, the, the paperwork uh, here. Here's all the paperwork on the passengers that are on the flight, their passports, their ID, everything. Um, do you know any of these people? Um, of course, a bunch of people went into hiding because of um, they're being hunted by the Taliban Christians mm-hmm. or uh, collaborators with the U.S., you know, those those types. Um, yeah. They hell, even just women. They went into hiding. And those that are, went into hiding are not using any of their digital smartphones, tablets, any of those kind of things, because the Russians and the Chinese are helping the Taliban use those devices and track them down. They're, they're teaching them how to track down those people uh, and teaching them how to use our biometric systems that we so conveniently left behind. Um, oh. Well, no, wait a minute. We destroyed everything. It, we made it unusable. Yeah. That's what that's what Kirby uh, said at the Pentagon. We made it unusable mm-hmm. before we left all of it. Yeah, not 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 all of it. Um, in fact, it seems like there's only one organization uh, that happened to destroy all of their uh, paperwork. In fact, the entire facility mm-hmm. they were at, there was only yeah. one organization that did that. You know, th- there was a, it's funny you say that when all of this started, when the collapse of Afghanistan started to happen on CNN and, and ABC and all, all the networks, right? You saw black smoke coming from downtown Kabul, just down by the U.S. Embassy. That was not the U.S. Embassy. Anybody that's burned paper before, which that was all over CNN, all their burning documents at the embassy, that's hogwash. That's BS. When you burn paper, what color smoke comes out of burning paper? It's white. Yeah, it's 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 white. Yeah. It's not black. When you're burning black, that usually means there's some type of petrochemical involved in some way, shape, or form. Well, Bruce and I figured out what was actually burning and what facility was actually burning. And it wasn't the U.S. Embassy. No, it wasn't. So needless to say, uh, it is not the Taliban that are uh, delaying flights. It's actually the State Department is getting in the way. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has said, and this is not like this was done yesterday or the day before. This is 40 minutes ago, 40 minutes ago. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said 40 minutes ago that the he's calling on the Taliban to stop blocking charter flights containing Americans from departing Afghanistan. 40 minutes ago, he said this. He's and I'm quoting here. He says those flights need to be able to leave. And the United States government, the State Department, we are doing everything we can to help make that happen. Those flights need to move. I pointed out some of the complications that are there, but those flights need to move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He went on to say yeah. more, more of a quote than you could uh, then you could lay into him here. He went on to say that it is my understanding that the Taliban has not denied exit to anyone holding a valid document. But they have said that those without valid documents at this point can't leave because all these people are grouped together. That's meant the flights have not been allowed to go. Yeah. Um, the, the, the problem with that is, um, again, that's not true. And in fact, they were saying that um, they've gotten all Americans out now um, out of the country uh, that wanted to, to leave. Um, those four flights that were um, chartered by the Nazarene Fund, only one of those flights had a hundred and uh, we'll say 150 because they said it was more than 130 or whatever they were saying. So we'll say 100, 150 or more 
Um, they weren't giving specific numbers because they're you can't for security reasons. Um, then you would be able to track down and you know anyway. So they're not giving numbers. Well, hell, we're handing um, them. We're ha- the State Department's having them hand over the list of the passenger manifests anyway. Yeah, and and also any data associated with that person. So yeah, and then uh, there's over a hundred on on 150 on one flight. One 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 flight. Um, they said that there's more that they know of that are there that are trying to get out. And they're, they, they're saying that it's more than a thousand people that still need to get out of there. How many of those are Americans? They didn't disclose because security reasons. But they said it's also well over a thousand. They just can't give numbers uh, again for security reasons. So, um, no, the State Department is full, it, it just overflowing with bullvine excrement. There's an exclusive out of Fox News on this story. They got a hold of a, uh, they were leaked uh, a State Department email from the inside. Uh, And this is what it, uh, this is the write-up they did on it. The State Department refused to grant official approval for private evacuation flights from Afghanistan to land in third countries. This is what you were talking about a couple of days ago. Even though the department conceded that the official authorization would likely be needed for planes to land in those nations, which was according to the email that was leaked. Furthermore, the State Department explicitly stated that charter flights, which that's what these are, correct? Charter flights? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even those, con- even those containing American citizens would not be allowed to land at DOD air bases. Why? Why not? Last time I checked, the DOD is part of the United States government. And last I checked, the United States government is supposed to be part of the United States, is it not? Or do we have people working for foreign governments? I'm just asking a question. Good U.S. Question. officials... That is a good question. U.S. officials have pointed to possible security threats from landing charter planes at military bases, saying that they lack the resources on the ground to fully verify flight manifests. You're the DOD. If you can't verify people on an airplane at one of your facilities, then who the hell else can? Um, I don't I I don't see the, the biometric systems. What systems do you think that they hook into? That's all DOD databases. Mm hmm. Also, um. The Nazarene Fund specifically was saying to get the people clearance to get out of the country, you have to go through the State Department to get the clearance to get them out of there. Now, keep in mind that this is what's this is what's crazy about this whole situation. You cannot get across the border of Afghanistan without the approval of the State Department, the United States State Department. But if you want to get um, to the U.S. through any of our borders, do you think you have to go through the State Department to get clearance? Really? That's funny. That's funny. It seems like everything here is being gummed up in the bureaucracy on purpose, does it not? I mean, what conclusion would you come to? Oh, wait a minute. Uh, we um, can't let you yeah. fly in. Uh, th- this is this is too rich. You couldn't make this up. You could not make this up. If you want to get into Afghanistan, if you're a charter flight in like this, this outfit uh, that's running these charter flights, if you want to get in to Afghanistan, well, you have to have approval from the State Department. Okay. Well, if you want to take off after you're in there, then you have to have approval from the State Department. Oh, but then you can't land anywhere because the DOD says you can't land there. So let me get this straight. You can't fly in there unless you have permission. But if you do get permission, then you can fly in there. But you need permission to take off. But if you don't have permission, then you can't take off. But if you do get permission to take off, then you can take off. But you can't land because you don't have permission to land. But you do get permission to land, then you don't have anywhere to land. Wow. And also keep in mind that even if you do have clearance to go there, take passengers, 
passengers cleared, you have clearance to leave, you have clearance to land in another country, and that country is going to take pa those passengers. The State Department can still revoke the paperwork in flight, require you to turn around, land back at the airport, disembark, and go through the whole process again. That organization I was talking about has had that happen. And some of the other charities that they're working with has had that happen as well. So, yeah. Government's bad, okay? Yes. So let me get this straight. We can't get the actual charity flights with people that we have personally vetted already. We can't get them out. But if you were anybody that was in uh, Afghanistan and you were near the airport and you jumped onto a plane that night and you got back to the U.S., because the Biden administration was taking, because it was such a crisis, the Biden administration was saying, okay, just take him to Wisconsin, take him to Pennsylvania, take him to Georgia, take him to uh, Virginia and all these places, take him to, to, to Texas, take the, the, all these places. But that's okay. Mm -hmm. Take him to Germany, take him to France, take him to the UK. That's all fine. But we can't get charity flights. These are literal charity flights. We can't get the charity flights from NGOs that are in their work. We can't get them out. This is this is lunacy. This is absolute insanity. This is this is something like you you read about stuff like this in in like fictional Tom Clancy books. You know, that, that, like this is where you see this kind of stuff. Is this right here where you have like a, a rogue illegal government that leaves its own people stranded somewhere, and then you have to sit there like the whole novel becomes about the uh, the plot to try and uh, and get your people out and get that government overthrown, arrested and overthrown and out of there. And then, of course, there's usually a sequel after that. <laughs> but that's yeah. that's where we are in, in all of this. This is this is insane. These people, these people are I, I really I could sit here and I could go on. I could get in this long rant and this long rage. But you know what? I've been doing enough of that this week already. And hell, we we had an extra day because of the holiday. So I don't want to do that anymore. These people are flat out traitors to the United States. Flat out. That's all that needs to be said. You're guilty of high treason. We only have one punishment to fit that crime. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was cornered on the White House lawn, and she was asked this question about hostages in Afghanistan. Bruce, would you consider those people hostages? Uh, yeah, I would consider them hostages, but not of the Taliban. Right, right. Here's what she had to say. This is audio only. I'm sorry, Bruce, I don't have any video. This is audio only. Is it a hostage situation, what's happening right now on no. those airplanes? If I had a dollar for every time this was called dead, it's about once every few weeks. Uh, I, I wouldn't be that rich, but I could buy you a nice cup no, of coffee. Sorry. I meant the planes in Afghanistan. Oh, I thought you were talking about... So that's an important thing. I, was, I, I, I thought you were talking about the Build Back Better agenda. Um, uh, no, that Build is not what well. we would characterize it as. Uh, those were points uh, that, that was those were comments made by a Republican congressman this weekend. So let me be very clear. We're in touch with American citizens. We're working to get them out. There are four who were able to depart over land. Uh, our secretary of state is in Qatar right now working on a range of options, including getting uh, flights up and operational and going. And what we have seen is that individuals who have documentation are able to depart or that that is what we have seen. Uh, but again, uh, we don't have a great deal of understanding of every individual on these manifests. Bruce, you're laughing. Why are you laughing? Oh, because, uh, again, the amount of bovine excrement that they are spewing forth from their mouths is astounding. But didn't you catch it? She, she thought she was being asked about Build Back Better. I, I did catch that. And how, there was a few other you, things I caught there. How do you confuse, you, you dumbass, how do you confuse 
American citizens being trapped in a landlocked country on the other side of the world because of the incompetence of this administration. Excuse me. It's not incompetence. Because of the outright criminality of the people involved with this administration, the naked criminality of it all. This has got to be the worst disaster in all of American military history. This has to be it. How in the hell does your dumbass get build back better out of that? How do you confuse that? That I mean, that's just, that's just beyond reproach. Uh, I'm at a loss for words other than the government's bad. OK, that, that that's the only conclusion in all of this I can come to. In the meantime, the Taliban have formed. Well, they formed a government, if you want to call it that. And they've got some amazing people that they have picked uh, to be on this government. Well, I'm sure that they were all voted on. Oddly enough, they don't have any women. Uh, I'm not quite sure why, but uh, they, they don't have any women up there uh, to give any kind of opinions uh, about anything. But some of these, some of these are, well, these are these are stand up guys. Some of them. Have you seen some of the choices that they've made? I, I've heard rumor about a few of them. Yes. The guy that's going to head up the government right now, the uh, the so-called uh, premier, prime minister, wh- whatever he's going to be called, whatever he's called himself, uh, he's a mullah of some kind. He's he is. <laughs> you couldn't make this up. He is a former Guantanamo Bay resident, and I'm not talking about an Ashanti. And he has been on the UN terror watch list for 20 years. <laughs> For 20 years, he's been on the UN terror watch list. Sounds like people that uh, we should do business with. It sounds like, uh, you know, the average politician. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it, it actually does. And to be honest with you, I think I think our politicians actually have a uh, have more of a criminal past than uh, than some of these other guys, to be quite fair. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, according to Afghan television network, uh, T-O-L- T-O-L-O News. Is that the Peace Studio where they had the, the Taliban with the AK-47s standing behind the, uh, 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 the, could, the could be. I don't remember exactly which one that was, but yeah, it could be. Yeah. Uh, they gave leadership positions to Kahirullah, Kahir Hoa, Hoa. I'm genuinely like this is this is really difficult. Uh, that is the one that's been on the UN terror watch list for uh, for 20 years. Now, these other three, Narula Nori, Abdul Hakwazik and Mohammed Fazal. What do all these gentlemen share in common? Uh, they were all released in 2014 between the Obama administration and the Taliban, right? When they had that uh, that little deal, yeah, to release those uh, those fine, upstanding gentlemen from Guantanamo. Uh, they had been held as prisoners since 2009. Yeah, these are the same ones that have now formed the uh, the new government over there. That makes up pretty much well, it's more than two thirds of the uh, the actual government. Wow. Wow. You still think that it was an accident? On Tuesday, the Taliban announced that, how in the hell do you even say these names? Kariqwa would serve as acting minister for information and culture. Nori would serve as acting minister of borders and tribal affairs. Wazik would serve as acting director of intelligence. And Fazal would serve as deputy defense minister. Wazik will reprise his role as the Taliban's intelligence director, previously serving in the role prior to the September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks in the United States. Intelligence agencies in the United States determined that Wazik had close ties to Al-Qaeda, where he was serving in that position at the time. Bruce, you asked what that group was doing on the ground that they didn't want us to see. I'm starting to get a pretty good understanding as to what they were doing. Thomas Jocelyn, a senior fellow for the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies, noted that Fazal, 
will also return to his role as deputy defense ministers. U.S. officials found that Fazal worked with senior al-Qaeda personnel during the Abdel Hadi at al-Iraqi, one of Osama bin Laden's chief lieutenants. Al-Iraqi is still held at Guantanamo to this day. And then, of course, they go on. And, yeah, all these guys have ties to all these networks and, and everything else. And now they're the, the, the ruling government. They're, they're at least uh, they're, they're holding close to two thirds of the position in the ruling government. Was this still a blunder? Just asking. The Biden administration has criticized the new government. They've criticized it. Do you know why they're criticizing it? You couldn't make this up. Again, we're in the middle of some kind of a, of a, of a madhouse novel. Do you know why they're criticizing it? They say that the Taliban isn't diverse enough. You couldn't. I had to get a laugh out of you for that. It's not diverse enough. On Tuesday, the State Department, the same State Department that has people trapped, our people trapped in Afghanistan, the same State Department expressed concerns regarding the noticeable lack of female leaders, as well as the past actions and wanted statutes of Afghanistan's new leaders. Some of these guys are still on the FBI's most wanted list. All of you men and women at the FBI, I'm just curious. Do I get the um, the reward money if I call the number on your posters and I tell you where you can find them? I, I'm just curious because if that's the case, you know, you always get the you always get the uh, X amount of money, you know, leading to the arrest or the location of or information providing the you know on the location of. Well, I got information. I can tell you where they are. All you have to do is flip on CNN. They're probably on the front page over there. In a statement shared with the Hill newspaper, a State Department spokesman said that the Taliban has presented this as a caretaker cabinet and the U.S. will judge the Taliban by its actions and not its words. <laughs> this, this, this is just I, I'm sorry. What what world did we wake up in? I'm serious. What world did we wake up in? Are you kidding me? You have imploded that entire region over there and you have created a problem that is a thousand times worse than when we went in there. Even the former president of Iran, you know, the guy, uh, Ahmadinejad, you, you know who I'm talking about, Bruce. Mm-hmm. Mahmoud mm-hmm. Ahmadinejad, even he came out this morning and he said publicly to Pakistan, you have no idea who you're making a deal with over there. You're going to regret that. He's saying that to Pakistan. The guy that came out every other week and said that steamed up the hawks and said, we need to wipe Israel off the map and knock them into the dustbin of history and all the rest of it, right? We need to level Jerusalem to ashes and whatever he would say. That guy, the guy that that hated the West, that guy is warning Pakistan, you need to get as far away from that situation as possible. (laughs) That's bad. That is bad. The spokesperson at the U.S. State Department also said, we have made a clear expectation that the Afghan people deserve an inclusive government. <laughs> what? Oh, I, okay. Um, the State Department's uh, statement also noted that the list of new leaders announced by the Taliban consists exclusively of individuals who are members of the Taliban or their close associates and no women. Where do they find these people? <laughs> Where on earth? Like, what JV team did you pull these, these, uh, these losers off of? Seriously. Do you want to know what American academia has turned into? It's turned into this. This is what it is. These are the people out of the universities. That's where they get these people. That, that is where these people come from. They come straight out of the universities. They have no real world experience. They go right into some kind of intelligence. And this is what you end up with. I would say that's intentional. I think it is, too. Again, it's it's another part of what uh, Schwab and company are trying to do. They're trying to take us down 
about six or seven notches on the world stage. We have to fade into this kind of banana republic that everybody laughs at and everybody makes fun of and everybody hates and and everything else. See, we've we've had that we've had that reputation that we've earned through our own stupidity over the last 20 years that we are now the bullies of the world and we deserve what we get. When in fact, we were lied to in the first place. We were lied to, and so therefore, because we were lied to by the same people who are lying to us about COVID, I might add, because we were lied to, we became the bullies of the world. The whole idea of, well, you don't like it, I don't care what you say. It's not a very good attitude to have to the rest of the world, especially to our allies, especially now the ones that depend on us. We can't even deal with this whole debacle that's going on in the Middle East. Iraq's next, by the way. We can't even deal with this whole debacle that's going on in the Middle East. How on earth are we supposed to protect that little waterway between China and Taiwan? How are we supposed to do that? How are we supposed to cooperate with our actual allies? And I mean our European allies, the ones that are the NATO countries. How are we supposed to depend on each other? How are they supposed to depend on us? How are we supposed to depend on them? How are we supposed to depend on the French? How are they supposed to depend on us? How are the Germans supposed to depend on us? And how are we supposed to depend on them? Same thing with the British. Very close relationship there as well. Same thing with the Australians. Same thing with the Japanese. All allies. How are they supposed to depend on us now? How does this make us look to them? That is the entire intention of this, I think, mm -hmm. is to do exactly what you were just pointing out there. It, it, it sows that mistrust among our allies. And it does take us down a peg. Taliban have painted a mural of George Floyd up in the middle of Kabul. I don't know if you saw that or not. Uh, I do have a picture of it here. Uh, as you can see, uh, they have some real artists in there to uh, to do this. Next, of course, to the... Uh, of course, that's a protester right there holding that, uh, that mural up. Uh, and then you've got... Uh, You've got the, the new flag of the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan right there, uh, right next to that, of course. And of course, you can see right there in English, uh, it, you know, in the infidels language, it says that uh, I can't breathe underneath uh, George Floyd. Do the Afghanis, do the Taliban, do they have any idea who George Floyd is? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that this follows along with what Bruce was talking about. You've got Beijing in there steaming that up. They've just given $30 million to... Uh, aid in the reconstruction and the relief efforts of Afghanistan. I see that they, they're, they're not asking for anything in return. See, they're going to get those lithium deals. They're not going to get anything in return. They're not asking for anything. Here, take this. Take this. Do you know what $30 million will do in a country like Afghanistan? $30 million. That might not seem like a lot here in the West because we just throw around trillions like it's going out of style. Do you know what $30 million will do? in a country like Afghanistan, you can buy that place for probably $30 million. You can buy off whoever you need to buy off. Wouldn't matter. You think the poor people that have now fallen under the despicable rule of those disgusting animals that now run that government, do you think that any of those people are going to see any of that money? I don't think so. I don't think so. The thing about the expenses, because you're, you're talking about the, the money there, the thing about that you know, you know, it's been so expensive for us to be there and blah, 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 all that stuff. And we've spent millions and billions even just mm -hmm. on one billion just on the embassy. Yeah. Uh, the reason that costs so much is because of the ineptitude of our government, because the, the, the shady backroom deals they're doing, the lining their own pockets, the corruption. That's why it's so expensive to be over there. There comes a point in time when you just get sick of seeing all of it. You get tired of it. I'm tired of seeing the wasteful spending. I was arguing about the wasteful spending 15 years ago. We've been in over 180 countries for how long? Why? 
we can't even get our own financial house in order back in the States. Why do we have all these expenses going on all over the world? You cannot colonize the world. You cannot be the policeman of the world. The Persians tried it. Didn't work. The Egyptians tried it. Didn't work. The Romans tried it. Didn't work. The British tried it. Didn't work. It's not even something the American people want. The American no. people don't even want to do this. It, this is all the government doing it. And that's just it, is we've always been of the opinion that we can just go back to the ballot box and change your government. Oh, you don't like the way your government's behaving? Just change it. There is a problem. There is a fundamental problem since we started this nation-building BS. Both parties are for nation-building, both of them. It's not as simple as just going back to the polls and voting for the other side. That's all we've been doing. In my lifetime, that's all we've been doing. We've been going from Democrat to Republican, Republican, Democrat, Republican, Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat. That's all we've been doing. The two-party system does not cut it anymore. I understand the concept of it, but the times have changed. The world has changed. I want our original voting system back. I don't want a new one. I want our original voting system in America back. I want whoever wins the Electoral College, and don't you even get me started on that Electoral College abolitionist crap. I want the Electoral College in place in stone. I want paper ballots. And if we're going to do any kind of electronic voting, I want what the Brazilians are asking for. I want end-to-end, -end, transparent, encrypted, auditable systems, not run by George Soros, not run by Bill Gates, not run by the Koch brothers, not run by Beijing or Dominion or Smartmatic or any of these places. Not run by Google or Zuckerberg or any of the rest of this nonsense. If we're going to have any kind of electronic voting, that's how I want it done. I want whoever wins the Electoral College vote to be the president of the United States. I want whoever comes in second place in the Electoral College votes to be the vice president of the United States. I don't want any more of this uh, two Republican, two Democrat nonsense. I don't want any of that. We've had enough of that. I want our actual system back the way we had it before, before it was changed. The Brazilians are out in the streets yesterday. I, I thought that I had seen it all when I saw the protests across Europe, when I saw the French hit in the streets, when I saw the British, when I saw the Germans, when I saw the Italians, the Dutch, when I saw all those people hitting the streets, I thought, man, that right there, that is a protest. And it is. It is. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not knocking that. Hell, I, I'm a big fan of it. But let's face facts here. Your government's not listening to you, just like our government hasn't been listening to us. Bruce mentioned it just a minute ago. The American people don't want that. Well, the European people, you don't want this either, do you? What's happening now with the vaccine passports and the segregation? You don't want that either. They're not listening to you, are they? They've got you trapped in the same way that they have had us trapped for the last 20 to 30 years. You vote for another party thinking that you're getting out of it when in reality, you're just continuing on. You're just getting another flavor of the same cyanide. I thought Europeans, and that's a protest right there. Not after what we saw yesterday. That, what is going on in Brazil, for those of you who have not seen it, we have videos up of it, lots of them, on our Telegram page. That is a protest. You talk about a freedom protest. That is a freedom protest. They're out there in support of Bolsonaro. They're out there in opposition to world government. They're out there in opposition to the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset. They're out there in opposition to the CCP. They're in opposition to COVID restrictions. Th this is <laughs> this is millions of people. We saw that stuff yesterday. The helicopters flying over. Bolsonaro flew over in a helicopter of millions of people as far as the eye can see in a helicopter. And he's waving. The people love him. The media. 
says, oh, he's just some crazy lunatic, some crazy right winger, some uh, all these people out there in the streets are anti-democratic, anti-vaxxers, right wing extremists. (laughs) The amount of people you saw it, Bruce, what do you think of all that? Well, let's just say that um, it, it, it appears that the people there like Bolsonaro better than any of the other uh, contenders, if you will. Um, it, 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 yeah, there was a lot of people. I, I, I have never seen so many people in one place before. You know, I know that Donald Trump can pull a crowd. I know that he can do that. You've seen the crowds that Donald Trump has pulled in. You've seen that. You saw what it was like on Inauguration Day. And I'm not talking about CNN showing up there at 730 in the morning taking pictures when there's like 100 people there. I've seen the crowds that more than Joe Biden had. It it is still more than Joe Biden. I've seen the crowds that Barack Obama first term Barack Obama, Barack Obama brought in. That was a crowd. No doubt. No doubt. That was a crowd. He was very popular because that's when America was ready for a change. We were ready for a real change, but we got lied to. I have never seen, and and we're talking about special, like, recognizable events here. I have never seen a world leader of any kind pull those kinds of numbers. I've never seen that. That is a thing of just, like, I was amazed. You can ask Bruce. I was sitting here yesterday. My jaw was hanging open. I'm like, I'm I'm just, I'm gobsmacked. The amount of people that are out there. I mean, that's just, I'm, I'm running some behind me here. As I'm actually showing a lot of these videos, and I'm running them behind me, Bruce is saying, but that's a nice ant colony that's going on down there because yeah. you have to go so high up in the helicopter above the cities. You have to go so high up above all the skyscrapers that they have down there to actually get the scope of all the people that are in the streets down there. Bruce, did you see any anything on fire in Sao Paulo? No. Did you see, did you see anything that was being, oh, I don't know, uh, pushed into violence? Did you see anybody getting beat up or anything like that? Did you, did you see any... Um, any police officers getting uh, getting overrun? Did you see any businesses getting smashed out? Did you see anything like that at all? No, no, no. Didn't see any riots or anything. The mainstream mm-hmm. media networks in Brazil are doing exactly what you would expect mainstream media networks to do in the United States and in Western countries. These are all anti-democratic protesters. These are all far right wing extremists. These are all anti-vaxxers. They're rolling around with signs down there in English. The Brazilians, they're rolling around with signs down there in English. What does that mean? What, what does that tell you? That says to me that they are sending a message to the world. They want the world to see what is happening there. Our media are, are just our garbage, traitorous media. Nothing about what happened in Brazil yesterday. Nothing. I haven't seen anything about the protests in Brazil. Nothing. Because they want that to go away. The elites want that to go away. The elite need Brazil. They need it. This Great Reset does not work without Brazil. They need Brazil. They're obsessed with this idea of uh, of seizing uh, nature reserves and stuff. They want the Amazon. They want Brazil for food production. They have to vertically integrate the food supply of the world. Brazil is the number two provider of food to the world. They need Brazil. They hate Bolsonaro. He's not perfect, but he's light years ahead of anything else they've got down there. And the people know it. The people know it. President of Brazil, Bolsonaro was asking men and women of Brazil to arm themselves to prevent any kind of dictatorship takeover. You hear this? You hear this extremism? You hear this? He was saying that in his speech yesterday that he gave. And mind you, this guy, you saw the pictures of him, Bruce. He was out there. He was walking in the crowds of people. That is a man of the people. Trump's team, some of his communications people, Jason Miller, the guy that runs Getter for Trump. He's also one of Trump's communications directors, one of his aides. They went down to speak yesterday at the event. 
that Bolsonaro was at and Bolsonaro's son was at. They got detained at the airport when they were leaving. They were told, well, we just want to talk. The Trump team says, "Okay, we don't have anything to say to you. They detained them for over three hours in some can you imagine being detained in, in a, a, an airport in Sao Paulo? Can you imagine that? They probably stuck him in some tiny broom closet with no air conditioning. You know, it was probably just awful on purpose. And they did it on purpose. You know, they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, they just let him go. There's, I mean, they didn't have anything on him. There was nothing they could do. But you know that that was done on purpose. Today, one of the opposition leaders down there, the socialist, the heavy favorite of Beijing and the party at Davos, has decided to open up articles of impeachment against Bolsonaro. <laughs> It's funny how that happens because of illegal activity. They're, they're opening up articles of impeachment because of illegal activity. Does any of this sound familiar? Sounds awful familiar, doesn't it? All right, let's, uh, let's, jump over to, uh, let's jump over to France. Bruce, I told you what some of the French people are doing to protest the vaccine passports. This is taken last night out in Paris. These are all the restaurants that people would normally be sitting in. As you can see, they are not in the restaurants. The French people decided to stage one of their protests. And they all had picnics out there in front of all the, brought all their own food and They just decided they were going to eat their dinner right there on the sidewalk in front of the businesses that they would normally patron and give their money to voluntarily. I I also know that uh, being right next door to France and knowing French people, I can tell you for a fact that when you go out to dinner in France, you go out to dinner in France. It's not like the American going out to dinner where you just go in there, you sit down, uh, the server comes over, refills your drink about six, seven hundred times ask you if you need anything or or something like that. And then by the time you're getting your food dropped off to you, you're asking for the check so you can leave. That's not how it works in France. First of all, in a European restaurant, they let you enjoy your meal. You actually have to almost flag somebody down. Like you have to go over and tackle them and bring them over to your table to get them for anything because they leave you alone. That's a culture thing. That's a culture shock on a whole new level for Americans when they come here because we're used to somebody just coming over every two minutes. You need anything? How's your meal? Can I get you another drink? It's not how it works here. The French take it to even more of an extreme. You go out to dinner in France, you're clearing your whole night. You're clearing your whole night. You are out at dinner for at least six or seven hours. I'm not even joking. No, this is this is true, because I remember uh, you, you, you had made mention that you might be around after you go to dinner uh, and you were going to dinner with some friends and then it ended up being... The next day. The next day. He came, yeah. He came around and... <laughs> yeah, the, the next day. Yeah, sorry, and you know, went a little later than, you know... Yeah, because because one of them was was uh, someone from France. Uh, and that's, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a long night. Uh, but that's what they do. That's what they do. They, they eat a little bit and then they talk and then they eat a little bit and then they talk and then they talk and then they talk and then they eat a little bit more and then they talk and then they talk and they talk and they talk and they talk. And then the, the appetizer comes. And then you talk and you eat a little more, you know, and you do this for about, oh, I don't know, another two and a half hours. Then the entree comes. And then after that, then you decide, well, okay, all right, yeah, we have coffee and everything, you know, we're going to do all that stuff. And then after you have the coffee and you talk for an hour and a half, then you get the dessert card that comes around. Then you order the dessert. And then after that, then you have another drink or whatever, and you talk some more, and then you say your goodbyes for three and a half hours. That's going to dinner in France. That's dinner with French people. I, I would argue that's that's dinner with, with my family as well. Um, we call it grazing, jokingly, obviously, but it's grazing. Oh, you, 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 you go to the you, Golden Corral too, do you? <laughs> well... Actually, it's it's usually a it's usually a home cooked meal, and you'll have the the meal uh-huh. spread out across the kitchen counters and the yeah, tables yeah, sure. and everything. Yeah, it's like then, potluck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think of it a potluck, and then you just you know fill your plate, and everybody 
pretty much the food's there all day and you yeah. graze as you want to eat mm-hmm. and we hang out with family that that's pretty much a family gathering yeah yeah same same up north right where, where i come from same thing you know all the foods laid out all over the, across the countertops you know all around the kitchen and everything and then just take what you want you know it's that's the way it is uh, and then of course after that well, we got dessert. Uh, what's everybody want? What kind of ice cream? And then they pull yeah. out the nine flavors of ice, nine buckets of ice cream they have in the freezer. And mm-hmm. then they mm-hmm. pull out all the pies and everything and the, you know, the cobbler and everything else that they've made. And, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, you know, you sit around for two and a half, three hours complaining about how you ate too much after that. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what that's what happens uh, when you go to dinner in France. These people are not able to do this when you go to a restaurant or a cafe in France, you're spending a lot of time in there. You're spending money in there. These businesses are not getting any of this business. Bruce, how much money, how much revenue for any given night, and you can clearly see it's night, how much revenue do you think is being lost right there, just right there in this one shot? How much revenue do you think is being lost? Uh, thousands of dollars. There is hundreds a lot of people of thousands there. of dollars. Hundreds yeah. of thousands. If you include all this, hundreds of thousands of dollars is being lost. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, there, there's multiple cities and multiple, yeah, um, but the, the people here are jammed packed as if it was a, re- you know, a restaurant, you know how they pack you in, that, that's what these people look like having a picnic. Uh, so yes, they, they lost a lot of revenue, these restaurants, and I, I hope they take note of that. And they're doing this, they're doing this every day. The French people are doing this every day. I, I think it's funny. At the same time, I also think it's sad. It's very sad. It should never come to this. This should not be happening. Oh, it's sad and it shouldn't be happening, but at the same time, this is very clever, I think. It is. It, it, it's very much of a just the right level of snark and rubbing it in their face for me to enjoy. And it's also sticking it to the restaurant and showing them that we're willing to come out here and do business. Are you willing to do business with us? And yeah, I, I like yeah. it. It's the French. You said, you know, snarking, rubbing your nose. That's what the French do. <laughs> it's like they're very clever I, in, in some of the things I that they come up with. That. I, I do, too. I, I really I really appreciate it. I know we rag on the French. I know we have French listeners and all that. And thank you all very much. I know we rag on the French sometimes, but this is really ingenious. This is ingenious. Your farmers, that is ingenious. When you turn the manure spreaders on the cops, that's hilarious. When you turn that on the gendarme, <laughs> that is hilarious. And they just stand there and they take it. When you've got... The Gilets Jaunes, when they show up down at the local parliament and they're out there in front mixing up mortar in a wheelbarrow and they bring in the truckload of bricks and they brick up the doorways to the parliament building so the government can't get in there. (laughs) That is amazing. I love that. I love that. See, people in America, we would never do anything like that. I don't know why, but we just we wouldn't do that. And it's it's so clever. It's nonviolent. And it's just downright hilarious. Yeah, exactly. I, I I think there was one day that America, like there was a time that America would do that. Americans, they would go to that level and they would do that. But they've been sissified over the last 50, 80 years or so. They, they, they've, they've lost their fight, uh, unfortunately. And the thing is, though, at the same time, they're kind of they're kind of finding their fight again. Uh, I, I know of a lot of people that are starting to wake up to what's going on. And they're a lot of people that I know are agitated 
um, some of them angry at what's going on. Actually, a lot of them angry. If you want to include what's going on, like with Afghanistan, I know I think, a lot of people that are angry. Yeah, I think Afghanistan. Afghanistan is one of those things. Like I, I hear this saying all the time about the straw that broke the camel's back. Afghanistan is really a deal breaker for a lot of people. I, I'm talking to people that are left, right, center, all the rest of it, and they're like, "This, this is like that's enough." They're at college football games, college football games, university football games, the stadiums in America. This is not on CNN. The stadiums are chanting F Biden. That's not good. That That's not good. No, that that's not good at all. It is good in the sense of I'm glad Americans are waking up and I'm glad that they're uh, starting to realize go- what's going on. But it's not good in the sense that you start having an agitated populace like this and what uh, it, not good. Okay, so tomorrow we're going to cover the 900-page report that was just released from the FOIA request out of the Intercept. We're going to talk about that, and we're also going to talk about uh, Australia tomorrow, and we're going to uh, we got some audio from uh, the saint, Dr. Anthony Fauci, tomorrow. So uh, we're going to go ahead and call this one uh, call this one done today. We are going to jump out of here a few minutes early. For those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. We also put out an exclusive podcast for our Telegram subscribers, which you do get early over there. So uh, get over there and get signed up to us. You also get access to our news feed, and we have a comment section as well. Drop a comment in there. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.